0: Hello, it's Brett Leonard, and I'm here with my son, Shannon Leonard. And this is the sixth episode of What the F is the Metaverse?
1: Hello, I should say, you know, intergenerational podcast covering all things metaverse. We've got a lot of news about. Yeah, I mean,
0: about. last week was the 30th anniversary of the Lawman, so we will not look, mention the Lawman, you know, have had a week of a lot of metaverse news, and I'm going to let you run that down.
1: One of the things we want, I want to talk about is some of the reporters in the space talking about how the metaverse doesn't exist yet. And I I think we'll have a lot of thoughts on that a little later in the show. But I wanted to start off the show with just the top news that's coming out. CVS, the nation's largest drugstore chain, plans to enter the metaverse and offer prescription drugs, wellness products, merchandise, supposedly authenticated by NFTs. This is according to reporting from Inside.com newsletter. You know, CBS just filed these trademarks. A lot of other companies are filing trademarks for the metaverse. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, in a way, this is kind of the metaverse land rush right now. It yeah. seems that everyone's jumping into it, uh, not even really knowing fully what it is. Uh, but uh, again, I've, as you said in our earlier podcast a lot of money has been chasing this now brands are chasing making sure they uh they're not going to miss out on their metaverse identity
1: red bull (laughs) walmart nike mcdonald's victoria's secret warner brothers wow kobe bryant's family all of these all these brands are filing trademarks related to the metaverse and red bull plans to offer nfts clothing drinks and sports gear along with financial services in the metaverse i'm curious to see what that Very interesting.
0: Yeah. Send your tax uh, forms into the metaverse, folks, and never see them again. (laughs) But for Red Bull, too, like how is the financial services going to work with Red Bull? Yeah, Red Bull financial services. I mean, look, everyone wants to diversify and expand and extend their brands, but that's kind of a little ridiculous. I mean, I guess basically to do your accounting, you need to drink a bunch of Red Bull just to stay awake enough because it's so damn boring. (laughs) Well, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's how they're connected, that all the accountants in the world basically drink Red Bull just because numbers tend to want to make you, you know, drink stimulants.
1: And these are trademarks. These are just trademarks. So that doesn't yeah. mean that these companies will necessarily be doing all these things. They're just kind of file. this land rush of trademarks trying to yes, to make sure they have ownership of it. But it does it does make it seem like it, it, it indicates that these brands are taking the metaverse seriously. And what's interesting, too, is they all NFTs are mentioned very often, which right now are getting a very bad rap because the whole NFT market is is crashing. Well, let, well let's talk about that. I mean, I mean,
0: like, there's there's it's kind of I have a contradictory experience going on with that, because as there's a lot of bad rap going on with NFTs, there's also very more much more sophisticated NFT plays coming into, into being, uh, that I'm, you know, I'm actually starting to get involved in, uh, that are relating to, uh, you know, the tracking of video, uh, and, and its usage and just things that are more connected to traditional aspects of the media business, uh, NFT funding of feature films is starting to happen. I mean, again, there's a lot of stuff out there that has a lot of Negative yeah, if, you, if you don't like,
1: it. if you don't like NFTs, you don't have to turn the podcast off now because I will acknowledge the downsides and yeah, you know, there's the environmental a, this is, environmental yeah, issues. We got yeah. so many issues with the scams. Most of these are pump and dump schemes where a lot yes. of these these projects literally they're buying their own <laughs> their own NFTs and then trying to pump them up with these Discord groups that would yes. literally you know say okay everyone sell it at this certain time and actually there's been insider trading. When the biggest uh, NFT platform, OpenSea, even had one of their own high-ranking employees in, in, doing insider trading of yeah, NFTs. Yeah, but, but I,
0: you can't really call it insider trading yet because the SEC isn't even you know regulating NFTs. But that shows yet. how
1: yeah right. But that's even I mean it. it but I mean it's all insider trading. It's all, trading. It's it's all scams trading. are
0: happening. <laughs> the scams <laughs> are <laughs> happening though. Yeah no. And and yeah.
1: everyone is you know the whole market is kind of complete i mean along with the cryptocurrency market you know the cryptocurrencies have have depreciated in value along with the stock market yeah and you know everything there's kind of this this bubble that had been forming throughout 2021 is now beginning to deflate and nfts are coming down with it and you know the the, the environmental issues a lot of people are focused on um, that doesn't mean the technology isn't isn't good i mean you know things can and there's also still going to
0: be there's still going to be a market there i mean the bottom line is yes there's there's these market corrections but maybe not for years though it could be years is the yeah yeah, i mean it it could be but there's also look i mean the truth is you know let's we're talking about what the f is the metaverse the metaverse is very connected to these these uh these new value uh uh, schemes and equations there it's very connected to the idea of value being created in different ways and and being, uh, you know, crowdsourced. Proof of ownership. And and, and just the idea of value in a virtual world, a virtual economy, being a different thing than traditional, you know, capitalistic thinking. I mean, I think that there's a lot of that going on as well. So there's a rebellion uh, as an aspect of it, which is very much fundamental to this idea of the metaverse. It's like, you know, the metaverse, blockchain, NFTs, crypto, they're all very connected in a way. And exactly how they're connected, that's what's being defined right now. And again, we're we're in a moment where there's been a retrenchment, uh, obviously, in crypto, and, and that's affecting the NFT market. But the structures that they're being, you know, the whole DeFi structure, I think, has great validity. Obviously, the DeFi structure and blockchain structure is something that is at the core of Web3, technology and web three technology is getting massive uh, investments in it by very very traditional investment groups so
1: i saw a tweet i saw a tweet was uh, that said just saying the word web three is free marketing (laughs) and i think the same is true with the metaverse as well it's kind of like it's because these are just buzzwords that you know it just means decentralized tech but i think that's what people are are getting fed up with this idea that we can throw around these terms and be like oh i'm so smart because I throw around this term and I know more than you and everyone's trying to figure out. Oh well, what actually is it? And people are realizing that in many cases it's scams, it's fraud, and it's going to take a lot. You know, it's going to take time for as, these as to as actually is, have the you know, Just use to give it. some
0: perspective to that. As is every single thing that has ever come into culture and change culture. Everything it always starts with, especially in a free capitalist society. You know, a free market society. It starts with a lot of dicey stuff. You know, if you look at the way America was built, the railroad business, uh, everything that changed fundamentally, the nature of human interaction has always been fraught with tremendous scams, tremendous inequities, all kinds of things that people would, you know, point to as as crookery. And so nothing new about that. There's nothing new about that story. It's not like, oh, and now, yeah, there's nothing new about it. But there's, there was so much hype, and it's
1: people are starting to see the the forest for the, trees a little bit but that doesn't like i i think i think these things will start succeeding when you won't have to actually invest in them to use them like when you are able to enter a digital 3d space in the metaverse and then automatically get an nft just for being there which gives you ownership in something or maybe just signifies that you're in that physical space when there's use cases that happen on on the you know like when the internet first started you know everyone's like oh i don't understand the internet there's that famous katie couric Yeah, talking about what is the internet and and a lot of the 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 technology of it was discussed oh well it's dns and it's all these like sub sub protocols but nowadays we don't think about how the internet actually works we just use the internet and i think nfts and cryptocurrency has to be for it to go truly mainstream it has to be adopted in a way where people don't have to like invest in it or put their life savings into it to use. No, it, absolutely. You know? But
0: there's a lot of stuff that's happened in cryptocurrency at the uh, to the tune of a trillion dollars, you know, that, I mean, it's not like it's not real. It's it's definitely in t- re- retrenchment. I believe there are new schemes for funding creators in the creator economy. I believe in that. I, I don't. Think that you know you want to do it with a scam. Obviously, they're they're pump and dump scams. All of that is real, but there's also ways of utilizing these new structures and DeFi and all the those concepts in a very new model. That is, it's not for me. Like, oh yeah, the old model is the only thing that's ever going to work. And you, it's something that is very much uh, a revolution of how people think about. You know, look. There's there's new ways of funding content projects, and that's something very exciting to me as a content creator. You're also a content creator. The the idea that we don't have to go through the gatekeepers of a Hollywood system necessarily to be the only content that's created at a certain level on the planet. I mean, that that is very much at the core of what this metaverse revolution is about as well. And that yeah, does just, just, yeah. Just that does the relate is crashing. to NFT. And Just because the market is crashing
1: doesn't mean that the technology isn't real. And the technology has a lot of promise. I mean, you know I was talking about cryptocurrencies since 2010. I know. (laughs) And I I was very involved in, in 2017, 2016. I was an investor. Now I'm not an investor. I haven't been for the past few years. I got out of that as an investor. But I do
0: believe in the technology still. And I I believe in these new these new market forces. I mean, I'm talking with groups that are very significantly funded companies that are getting involved with these new ways of 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 developing metaverse experiences, but also just developing creative IP. And in a way, it's another way of crowdsourced funding. Uh, You know, there's there's some basic things to it that, you know, you don't have to use all the same buzz, the new buzzwords to talk about it. But you know there is there are things that I think are starting to work. Uh, you know Martin Scorsese's producer is funding uh, a, a fairly significant feature film uh, with NFTs. So people from the traditional business are getting involved with it. New people that are coming in with new content ideas. You know it, it's it's a very uh, it is the wild west right now, and that's also a very exciting time. I think you know one of the things. We want to, you know, we want to caution against obviously all the scams that are going to be related to this idea of the quote-unquote metaverse and the DeFi components and decentralized aspects that are all connected to Web three and all these buzzwords. But at the same time, there is a revolution going on, and that revolution yeah, yeah. is is important. I and believe there's, it's and important. And there's
1: projects like Chia. With Chia is founded by Bram Cohen, which was one of the inventors of of the BitTorrent protocol, which is actually the technology. Behind that, you know, as a peer-to-peer technology, Bramcoin is doing Chia Coin or the Chia protocol, which is a green cryptocurrency. So it's it's a it's instead of doing proof of work or proof of stake, they yeah. do proof of space and time. So they're using hard drive space. Oh, free, look, available look, hard look, drive Blockchain space.
0: technology has to go to something that is not ecologically disastrous. Period. Yeah, yeah, we have to fix that. That, that, and, and that has to that. happen. But, you know, we're still trying to make personal transportation not be economically disastrous. I mean, you know, this is the this is the human nature. This is we, we you know, industries, you know, come about and become part and parcel of, of society and endemic to the way in which we operate as human beings in our lives and we now have to walk some of that back i mean look at what's going on with climate change and the fact that just getting very small incremental changes to certain things like the use of fossil fuels that are you know contributing to it, it greatly all of those things are just like so hard to pull back and so that's something we need to keep in mind there are things that could happen regulated to the metaverse that if we don't really understand the you know the stakes very early on they could entrench aspects of things that become very negative for culture and and, and that's the 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 cautionary tale aspect again you know but at the same time I want to you know temper that with the enthusiasm and the excitement about the fact there are new ways of creating value new ways of being a creator in a new creator economy that is essentially virtual that is you know starting to appear in this creature the metaverse which again th- there's a reason we're calling this podcast what we call it <laughs> and that's you know and and it's it, we're you know every week is she, seeing different new moves being made by uh, you know traditional corporate structure in this new area of the metaverse and it's it's something to really be able to you know track closely and and also consider very very soberly you know i think that that's one of the things we want to do in our discussion
1: yeah, absolutely, and I, I I have to mention Adam Moseri, who is the head of Instagram. In a Q and A, asked what what's something he's excited about. He he said blockchain, and he said the ability for blockchain to allow people to invest in creators and have more ownership there. So it's definitely thinking that you know it's a lot you know something people are thinking about. I think this won't. It's going to take a few years for it to shake out a little bit, um, but you know we're we're getting there, and it's. It's interesting because also you know we're starting to augment reality by default, um, and this was actually something I saw, th- which is that TikTok was automatically adding a, a thinning face filter. That were kind of being called out for that. I know. Um, yeah. And <laughs> and you know, w- which is which is interesting, and and this is where the the, the digital world is starting to encroach on our and, and have impacts on our. Our real life world and a lot of also these report there's two reporters talking about how the metaverse does hasn't you know doesn't exist yet
0: um yeah Uh, yeah. i mean i think that that's being very myopic i mean look there are certain technical ways you can define the metaverse that would that would make well it doesn't really exist yet we don't have a full you know dimensionalized web yet we don't have uh, immersive spaces that are ubiquitous, that people, that, you know, really a mass market uh, uh, level of people interact with. But the training wheels aspect of it that we've talked about many times, you know, I believe are very much there and are affecting us in our everyday life already. And anyone that's not seeing those trends and looking at them as components of what this thing we call the metaverse is becoming, I think is being very, very short sighted. That's my fear. Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're already seeing mass market yeah. virtual experiences. You know, the the Quest headset is, you know, it's shot still not mass way past. market.
0: It's it's millions, but well, it's it
1: shot it shot yeah. way past way past ten million units, and that was even before the the Christmas season yeah. when they were the number yeah, that's one still, gift. That's still not it's Still not
0: you know at the level of the smartphone. You know, I mean, the, the people in the, especially the Silicon Valley you know community. They want big numbers, and they're still looking at this as a niche thing. The virtual reality experience is still, even at that level of uh, success of the Quest 2, in the sort of conservative business, you know, arenas considered a niche thing. But
1: even even this like um, this this TikTok controversy about TikTok autom- automatically augmenting people's faces. It's you know, and this kind of gets into our discussion on how do you actually define the metaverse? Does it have to be a three dimensional space, or is it just kind of these digital well, experiences well, look, look, look. online, but it's already getting into reality. Like this, these, the, me, the, the metaverse, the digital world, however you want to call it, it's, it's affecting how people work and play and, and even view themselves yes,
0: in reality. and that's going to happen. I mean, is it really yeah, – look, I mean, we can look at the TikTok thing in a couple of different ways. Obviously, they want people to feel good and want to use their – their platform, right? So if you look better on their platform because they're augmenting you in a, with a better filter, that's going to psychologically make you want to be there more. That's. But is it really better? You know. No, that's, I'm that's not saying thing. it's better, yeah. but it's just like casinos yeah. in Las Vegas pumping oxygen into the casino because you feel a little high, you know, having more oxygen, and you'll stay in the casino and and bet and gamble and lose more money. <laughs> I mean, it's a business. I mean, the free market, you know, world embraces things like that embraces manipulation uh i'm not saying it's a good thing but there's that is the system we're in you know it's, it we're being manipulated by co- corporations all the time the entire advertising industry is been is a is an industry of manipulation and that you know it's psychological manipulation that is essentially lying to us about all kinds of things all the time
1: and that's my point that's my point about how the digital world is is manipulating us, it's affecting us, and it's it's reaching out into the physical world. Peter Kofta, who is a, a reporter for Recode and is a pretty pretty well-known reporter in the tech space, tweeted out about how Mark Zuckerberg is, is going to South by Southwest yeah, for an that. interview, or he's going digitally for yeah. an interview. But he but he he mentioned that his future is staked on a metaverse that won't arrive for years if ever. And when I saw that, I just I, yeah. It, 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 and I actually saw another article talking about how Facebook's parent company will make their employees do their laundry now. So that's that's that that was the headline. But buried in that article they said, you know, last year, this is a this is a different reporter for the New York Times saying last year Mark Zuckerberg announced they'll be shifting the company to focus on the metaverse, an immersive online virtual world that is yet to be created. So these are multiple reporters saying that the metaverse is yet to be created. And I, I know you said that it maybe hasn't hit the mass market of a smartphone. No. But the reality is there's there's tens of millions of people with these Quest headsets. And as someone who uses the Quest headset almost every day, I can tell you there are many virtual worlds right now. Oh yeah, no. And, and
0: and remember, the the metaverse is there are metaverse companies that have nothing to do with a quote unquote virtual world that's immersive that you go into with a headset. Uh, you know, I mean, Decentraland. Well, really,
1: because people people think, yeah, talk about that because people yeah, think yeah, of Decent, it. Yeah, Decentraland the and
0: they're, these things—they're they're much more about a place where you're, you know, you're able to see it on your computer. You're able to see right. that you own a piece of land in this metaverse environment, like Decentraland, which is one of the first ones to ever. Happen and they you know they they've survived and they continue to raise money and and J P Morgan J P Morgan yeah. opened their lounge J P Morgan opened the- a lounge in the decentraland yeah so you know the, the, and that's not some immersive meta I mean a lot of the metaverse companies are not creating immersive virtual reality yet I mean the idea that that's got to be what happens until there is a real metaverse I think is a misnomer uh, you know the metaverse is is this sort of um, you know digital space that can almost exist. Is as much in our minds as on our computers. You know, it's about what is the value of it. I mean, people are, you know, buying elements in the metaverse, whether it's real estate or or other, you know, aspects. Obviously, the gaming world has a multi-billion dollar microtransactions economy about, you know, buying things that give you superpowers and protection, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things are, to me, components of human metaverse interaction. Right. But that, that is a, a
1: very yeah, OK. And I, I, I actually kind of do agree with you, but I'll, I'll push back in the sense sure. that that is a very broad definition. Okay. And these reporters are, are, you know, Peter Kofta said, <laughs> literally said uh, a metaverse that won't arrive for years, if ever. So he's he's,
0: uh, you, know, a technology no, that, you reporter. know, this totally reminds me of the guys that talked about the 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 private, the, 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 you know, individual automobile as something that was a fad, uh, wouldn't arrive. I mean, I, it's it's old thinking. All I can tell you is it's old thinking. It just, I, well, it seems like they're not doing enough research because
1: they're saying it will never arrive ever. But meanwhile, I'm jumping into this new virtual reality game called Knock, which it, is made by a company called Normal. And it's this really amazing... It's, it's a brand new virtual reality sport that combines archery and soccer... And I'm going into this, these virtual worlds that they created, which is very much by all, all definitions, its own metaverse. Now it might not be interoperable. No, no, no with- but you know
0: what this is, John? This is absolutely an intergenerational thing. This is, this is a generational thing. That's why we're having an intergenerational communication and conversation about this. Yeah. Because it, I mean, the, you know, I, I think that there's a very strong divide between people your age and younger, and people that are, you know, in a different generation about how they view this thing. They think of it in, in in the paradigm of their old school thinking about what computing is, about what uh you know digital tools are. There there's there's a new paradigm of thinking, a entire new rubric, which is, I think, extremely generational around this. And Uh, You know, that's why it's great and fun to talk with you, Shannon, because it expands my, you know, lexicon outside of the traditional lexicon of my particular, you know, peer group and and generation. And that that is, I think, one of the things going on with journalists in this, you know, and also, you know, like Bill, Bill Maher, he's someone I watch his show. You know, he's a great comedian, first and foremost. And and he's just you know, he just dismisses the metaverse and virtual reality, everything with. With literally no thinking about it whatsoever, just like, yeah, I'm never going to do it. And maybe he never will want to be a part of that. That's fine. But to not see the incredible amounts of activity and money and resources and, you know shift and change going on within these, you know, within that the, the rubric of the metaverse and virtual experience, I mean, I think is again just kind of burying your head in the sand. It's it's definitely happening. It's it's to me the thou- I, I've often talked about it as the silent three thousand foot tsunami that's coming at us, and most people won't see it until it's right upon them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's happening. I've, I'm every day. I'm going into virtual worlds every day. I'm you know meeting with other multiplayers. But you're right. It is. I think it is. <laughs> There is something generational about it, because one thing I've noticed yes. is a lot of the play, like specifically in that new uh, virtual reality sport that I mentioned, which is combining archery with soccer. And you're in this arena and you're literally you're moving around this arena, firing archery uh, arrows at this giant ball that is bouncing so- around. Sounds,
0: sounds like the Hunger Games in, in the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it's interesting and it's a lot, it's, it's the, and of course you can hear the other players on their mics and it's a lot of young sounding voices and it's it's mostly kids. It sounds, it's a lot of kids. kids. Sometimes you'll get, you'll get older people in there, but it's, it's mostly kids using these and same thing with the other experiences I've used. And, and this is, you know, this is definitely, it's, it's almost kind of scary in a way because this, this generation of reporting Happening, saying it doesn't even exist. Meanwhile, the kids are already in there, and the kids oh, yeah. are already being influenced by it. And we we did a podcast episode where we touched on this already. We are talking about the dangers of of having kids in VR, yeah, and in the metaverse more broadly. But it's you know it, it's it, but it, it's it's not even being reported. The reporters don't even think
0: <laughs> I know. it exists, and it's it, not, it, it's, it's, it's because happening. they're not doing the research. It, there's a Chinese wall kind of almost psychically between certain groups of people certain generational aspects that don't want to see the radical changes happening i mean there are people that you know would don't want to see what true decentralized finance will do to the world economy they don't want to see that there are new models happening now, there have always been new models in finance, always. I mean, what do you think, you know, derivatives were? That was a model that came out. I'm talking about a virtual model. I mean, it was it was basically based upon, you know, smoke and mirrors. And so, you know, when yeah. when these things service a certain sensibility within the context of a corporatized culture and and, the you know, the financial services industry, it's all fine. It, it, you can be as fanciful as you want, but then when it's something that truly shifts the power base and democratizes value in a different way, then uh, you know it's bullshit. It's the it's the it's a scam. It's it's the Wizard of Oz, you know. And I think that that's there's a bit of that going on here. I think that there are things that are very, very fundamental going on that are going to change the nature of economies, change the nature of capitalism and and of what value is. And well, it's
1: interesting you mentioned that because the Biden executive order on cryptocurrencies just dropped last week. Biden's executive order basically just instructed a lot of regulatory agencies to start doing more research on on cryptocurrencies and doing some you know also investigating a central bank coin you know a, a fed coin as it's referred to something that China has already done China has the their digital dollar that's or sorry yeah. they're, they're not not dollar but their their digital currency yes. that they've rolled out and and what's interesting is that the cryptocurrency community kind of celebrated this and they were like oh this is good news but the legal experts actually looking at the executive order we're like well it doesn't really say positive it doesn't really it's not it's not a vote of confidence or a vote against cryptocurrencies either way it just instructs these agencies to do more research and there's a lot of high ranking officials that have been very skeptical about stable coins um because and and the reason is i think they don't want this whole you know the the world reserve currency to suddenly be this decentralized uh and yet that they don't have control over. So what they're doing is this executive order and other moves that the government is making is it could potentially, you know, get into actually start to start taxing cryptocurrencies in new ways or start regulating cryptocurrencies in new ways that make it harder for them to be truly decentralized to also create a, a government cryptocurrency that, you know, that could lead to it being very, you know, privacy issues coming up around that. So, yeah, yeah, so so it's interesting because while the cryptocurrency communities kind of celebrated it, the legal experts were like, well, this is also also could go either way.
0: Look, there's going to be a war around this, uh, you know, that takes place essentially in the metaverse, which is the true DeFi sensibility coming up against regulated DeFi, you know, and that's those battle battle lines are being drawn right now. For them, yeah. in this in the way you're talking about, I think people don't really see there's a horizon factor to this they don't see beyond the horizon, what is you know going to happen when these different systems of value, these are systems of value that are fundamentally different, colliding with each other. And, you know, I mean, we've had it happen before. I mean, when Nixon took us off the gold standard that was a new moment that was a new system it was a, an abstraction of value there's always been a greater and greater abstraction of value with more and more sophisticated civilization that's one of the things that has always happened and now we're at a moment when that's about to happen again and in a way i think that you know newer abstraction of value and the way in which we uh, are able to creatively empower ourselves with value in the metaverse is possibly the most important aspect of what the metaverse is going to become. And, you know, what are the components of that? Again, we're not, you know, we're not addressing exactly what the components are that will relate to that, but there's going to be a lot of economic activity, virtual economic activity in metaverse interaction. And that i have seen by Just the things I'm starting to work with myself, companies that are looking at creating metaverse versions of a business model connected to very traditional, uh, you know, traditional aspects that have been out there for a very long time. There's a couple of things I can't talk about because I'm under NDA, but I'm seeing it happen. And just like we're talking about in this, you know, the subject of this, this episode is the land rush that is going on. Now, The land rush would not be going on unless there was something there. And something that was going to be fundamentally uh, shifting where the value of a brand is, and you know, people don't want to miss out. There's also FOMO going on right now. You know, they don't want to miss out on what this new thing is, and so there's a bit of that driving this land rush. That's for sure at this moment, anyway. But you know, a lot of these things are going to be, take a while to shake out, don't you think?
1: Yeah, and with regulation, it's also the trademarks. In the past month there are over 407 trademark applications related to the metaverse ecosystem and reporters expect the trend to likely grow over the year so right. th- it's, right. you know whether it's whether it's cryptocurrencies becoming regulated which as you mentioned the, the digital currencies will be essential to the metaverse because you can't hand a, a, a paper money in the metaverse there's no way of handing anything physical you have to have a digital version of everything so
0: exactly yeah
1: cryptocurrencies are essential for the metaverse those are potentially getting more regulated but then also with these hundreds of trademarks from these brands these brands are saying, oh we have to we have to own our piece we have to get our piece of the metaverse locked in
0: yeah and to that you know you talked about cbs and cbs of course is connected to health and wellness and pharmacies and you know one of the things i think is one of the great use cases of virtual experience and also metaverse infrastructure is health and wellness is the ability to have a different kind of healthcare system that is much more personalized is there's more creative empowerment and, and individual empowerment in it. Uh, You know, these are things that I think are possible. One of the reasons I'm involved with a company called VPI, which is related to, virtual reality therapeutic clinical therapies that are very successful. Uh, My co-founder, Dr. Skip Rizzo, is the number one VR clinician on the planet. It's been very successful in people with PTSD, especially soldiers. I've mentioned this before. and, And so I'm very involved with this idea of a new genre of media, what I call MIM, medicinal immersive media, being something that it will reside within the metaverse reside because a lot of it's going to have to be virtual experience in order for it to be really effective. And CBS jumping in is just an indication that that whole area of kind of, you know, content and, and computer interaction with, with human beings is going to be at the center of the health, the health discussion. And of course, in our country, we have a broken healthcare system. I mean, people will say it's the best healthcare system in the world, then there is some truth to that, and there's also tremendously dysfunctional aspects of it and inequalities. So the the fact that corporations like CVS are getting involved in the metaverse shows that there's going to be a big component of it connected to those aspects of our lives, health and wellness.
1: Yeah, I mean, Apple Apple is almost pivoting to become a healthcare company in many ways. A lot of observers are noting that.
0: Really? Well, now, but- talk about that, because that's that's a pretty wild statement. They
1: Yeah, yeah. Apple becoming and this, a
0: healthcare company?
1: Well, it, yeah, what they've been doing with Apple Watch and and again, this is this these are baby steps. They're doing with Apple Watch integrating more and more sensors, really really in-depth sensors and also these studies they've been doing through Apple Watch where where they're actually allowing doctors to to get a lot of data that doctors never could have had before because these devices are always on people's wrists and how many people own Apple Watches. Some of the advertisements that Apple has been doing recently have been literally saying how the Apple Watch has saved people's lives. Like someone fell on their bike while biking, got knocked unconscious, and the Apple Watch automatically detected that and gets help, calls 911 and saves people's lives. And it's this is, there's a lot of they've done full advertising campaigns on this, and you know actually related to the metaverse, Meta's headsets used to be called Oculus headsets, now just called the MetaQuest headsets. They are now going to integrate with Apple Health, and Peloton actually just announced this as well, integration with Apple Health. Wow. Where so so the movement that you do in virtual reality. You know, which is already being tracked by by their move application, where you can see how many calories you were burning by being in virtual reality. But now that's going to be connected to Apple Health, so you can close your rings, so to speak, in the apple parlance where apple Apple Watch has like these rings you can close. Yeah. so now the exercise that you do in the metaverse in virtual reality can now contribute to your Apple health goals. And especially when you know it's interesting if, Apple's rumored headset, when that comes out, how yeah, how that'll be involved? The I mean, Apple be a huge fitness. part of
0: that, yeah, huge part of the use case for that. That's about health and wellness. I mean, I I personally believe that health and wellness are just such a massive market that needs disruption, that needs innovation. That these you know the metaverse, uh, virtual experience, this area that's called digiceuticals, which is really utilizing digital devices to sort of follow up on healthcare, uh monitor you, you know, an Apple Watch is essentially kind of a digital device. And there's a lot of companies that are in that space that are garnering a lot of funding and a lot of support because we are in a society that needs a tremendous amount of innovation in our healthcare system. And you know, there's a lot of entrenchment around that and a lot of things that that are resistant to that, but when you actually make things convenient and you make people empowered in their own healthcare solutions, and they're able to, you know, exercise in a different way within the context of the metaverse of virtual experience, that's already showing itself to be the most probably effective and successful of the use cases for, you know, especially virtual reality, and then the metaverse writ large, you know, and I, this area, the fact I'm involved in it to a degree, uh, with, uh, the company VPI and, and have seen what Dr. Skip Rizzo has done in his 20 years, over 20 years of therapeutic research at the lab at USC, which he's ran for the last 15. It's phenomenal. The, the, this is actually media experiences, immersive media experiences that shift the neuronic pathways in your brain and can cure you of things like PTSD. And the, it goes beyond that. There are You know, experiments being done with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's in the context of virtual reality therapy, depression, insomnia, all kinds of things. There's a a wonderful company called Trip that uh, we're engaged with, with VPI. Uh, in the strategic partnership that has been creating these very you know re- relaxation health wellness relaxation environments in virtual reality
1: but we don't we don't want to just sell people on <laughs> on this either like there's definitely you know if if you're hearing you know that, oh this is this is a cure and you're skeptical it's it's understandable to be skeptical
0: oh no i'm not saying there's because... easy cures to anything i'm saying that yeah, yeah, there are new it's... ways of of actually addressing one's own health and wellness and mental wellness which, you know, we're in a, a mental health epidemic globally. Some people, you know, put that on the pandemic. I think the pandemic had a tremendous effect. Or it could but, be because of digital devices. I mean, yeah, and yeah. we
1: going to cover both sides of this here. We want to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look,
0: you know, I've always been the cautionary tale, uh, teller on this stuff. I want to give a balanced view that there are things that are really – positive happening in these new structures that are happening in new technology that's coming in around the metaverse and this idea of the digital twin of the planet of, of human reality. We're essentially extending the dimension of human experience in a digital form.
1: That means every level. What, of would, human what do you think of you, like, how, how do we communicate these things? Because I, I think the language that, you know, a lot of these companies are using, even that Facebook is using, sound, it, it's language that a lot of people kind of scoff at and they're
0: and of course, go, so it's the you know. language of Madison Avenue. It's the language of advertising. It's the language of corporatized brand identity. That is part of the corporate oligarchy that we exist within. We all deal with it in a different way. I mean, i I think you know I, I hear your frustration at it and your 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 intensity about it being that you're a young man in the world coming into this world and and really seeing, I, I'm you know, I've lived with that for a bit longer. And part of this, you know, being intergenerational here, it's like you know, I, I've come to know that that's just part of the reality of. No, but what I'm of saying, business, I'm, no, I'm not. I, know? What
1: I'm saying is, how do we translate it? I'm, I understand it
0: because. Yeah, I'm, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, this, I think it. I how think do we everyone, translate it more broadly? Everyone has to do their own research. Everyone has to listen to podcasts like this and come up with their own ideas around what this is. I mean, this is about creative empowerment. I believe the metaverse is more about creative empowerment than anything else. The parts of it that are not, the thing, people that are de- designing things that are not about creative empowerment, I think that's the dark side. I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty basic in this. I, I, want, I want people to be creatively empowered, have their imaginations empowered within the metaverse, have their health and wellness addressed within the metaverse there there are things we can do to say this is about making more evolutionarily positive aspects of human interaction actually be supercharged within the context of a metaverse technology and yeah yeah. yeah and by the way there is a naive component to that i'm not i'm not saying that the other aspects are not going to exist i know they are i've actually made movies about them so you know it's not that i'm but i also want to focus On the more utopian aspects of this, from my own work and what I want to do, while still, while still, you know, sort of ringing a cautionary bell, it's about you know shifting because I've told the cautionary tale aspect of this for many, many years, and now I'm trying to shift it to saying, look, there are these positive use cases, there are things that actually can help and you know improve people's lives, and that is, I think, for any of us important. I mean, look, when I make a movie. Uh, no matter what it is, even if it's a horror film, I want it to touch people in a way and get them thinking about things, right? And I've tried to do that in all my movies, no matter what the genre is. And then, you know, even to the point where you can actually stimulate people to creatively empower themselves. And, and I think that media can do that. Storytelling can do that. All of these aspects need to be inherent to what we create within a metaverse context and not just a corporatized, more efficient model for commerce, advertising, and manipulation, which is the dark side of what we're considering here.
1: Well, when you know? people when people think about virtual reality and, and health, they often think about people running into walls yeah. and they're and injuring their arms because they're playing these virtual reality games, because yeah. they're they're <laughs> thrusting their arm. And there's these hilarious compilation videos about people just really injuring themselves in in bad ways with the with the meta quest headsets we're like we're talking about people just like running full speed into a wall yeah i know (laughs) and i know and and that and that can have like real physical impacts of it and so we have to get better at the guardian systems and getting people used to be in those systems but to to your points uh, you know about maybe the, the health benefits of this think about what we do on computers all you know all day right we, we sit at a computer and we're hunched over often looking at a screen sitting in one place completely immobile yeah. and virtual virtual reality technology also augmented reality technology which both are technologies that will enable the metaverse these are technologies that allow you to get up and get moving your body and you're not hunched over in that same way you're actually moving your arms you're moving your legs and it can also be accessible like if you're not able to move your legs you can you can do these experiences sitting down the virtual world can adapt to your your ability yes, but either absolutely. way it's much more of a you're burning more calories when you're in the metaverse than you are looking at a flat yeah. Screen. No. Look.
0: And look. The, 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 you know, I don't think this is going to end with us with boxes on our heads either. Either, by the way, I mean, I think that there are going to be a lot of ways of delivering metaverse experience, of immersive experience. I'm actually working on a project called the Chrysalis Environment, which is part of the VPI company I, I mentioned previously, and. It's about delivering immersive medical, you know, medicinal experience in a way that you don't have to put a box on your head. That's really important. I think that we have to expand the usability of all of this. That's why, you know, when we're all waiting with bated breath for Apple to come out with their. AR glasses or VR headsets or all the things that they've been, you know, promising for years now, because we feel like that will create a greater ubiquity in how to deliver some of these things that are based based in the metaverse and based in virtual experience. So, you know, it's yeah, the, we're, yeah. we're at the cusp of these things. But, you know, humans, you know, in terms of their history with what they're willing to sacrifice for new technological innovation have shown that they're willing to sacrifice quite a bit. Uh, again, I keep using the automobile as because you know it's it's a it's a piece of technology that changed things so radically, and has affected the planet so radically, and yet you know thousands of people die, if not millions, you know, obviously over the years that die. Actually, every year, no, a- every year, w- over 1.2 million people die. Ah, actually, God, I mean cars. that's that's I know. Look, everyone should know. Shannon is not someone from the time <laughs> he was a young boy. Shannon was opposed to the personal automobile as a modality of transportation. Not in a way that he doesn't like cars, or you know, in some you know some aesthetic <laughs> fact. But just you're calling, like, you're calling me out. I'm your exposing. But philosophically, <laughs> philosophically, <laughs> yeah. Shannon does not believe in in individual transportation because well, of one well, it, 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 no. I, but by the way, I, yeah. I, I, I admire this aspect of you, Shannon. I'm I'm calling this out because I admire you in it. No, I, mean, I don't know. When I, I was I, when I was I, sixteen. I would
1: it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me um as much to I, what makes more sense to me is is trains
0: and public transportation. Well his first his first word, people, was bus. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Sorry, I'm 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 using my my dad uh, position uh, in a in, in with a leverage. That's not fair. But no, um, well, no, this is it's,
1: it's true. But, I mean, I know I'm and I, and to be clear, I'm proudly pro train and yeah, pro well, transportation. Day, but that Shannon, doesn't mean that.
0: Shannon, do you have yeah. a driver's license? No, no, I did yes. not. No, okay. So in but my generation, I would have killed for my driver's license to have it before I was sixteen. And getting a driver's license and driving was like the main focus of human energy. But now for we have my Uber. entire generation but now, of teenagers. But now we
1: have Uber. So you yeah. don't need one, you know, because yeah, you, that, it's 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 more expensive <laughs> and it's, it's more expensive to pay for insurance, to pay for repairs. I know to the, pay for well, parking. Oh, there's
0: all kinds of reasons. I, I mean, look, I'm not going to argue with you about it because I'm not going to defend the personal <laughs> automobile. There's too many things that, you know, are on the wrong side of the equation there. But just the difference in generations and, you know, you got the smartphone and you got the Internet. And that created, you know, such a greater pull and magnetism than having the idea of jumping in a car and just you know driving anywhere you want to go and and so you know this is a this idea of what the sacrifices are all that you know we've shown that human nature will actually create a lot of sacrifice for technological innovation that frees us so if this metaverse that we're talking about can free humankind on some level can create greater freedom which i think is you know, very much a core aspect of the human creature. Uh, and we're seeing it in some of what's going on in the world right now. We're seeing it on writ large on a much larger global scale, of course, uh, you know, autocracies and totalitarian regimes, as opposed to more free democratic regimes. And of course, there's a lot of detail in that. Then, you know, I'm not saying I'm a pro-everything America has done, and you know, I'm just saying there is a free culture and society that we've grown up in here that has been tremendous for my life, and I think tremendous for your life as well, and the metaverse needs to reflect these things. Imagine what the metaverse will be used for in totalitarian regimes that get more and more efficient with surveillance, with AI, and this is, there happens to be one on the planet, it's called China, And that is terrifying to me because it shows that you could literally create a kind of prison of the mind with metaverse technology that relates to a kind of physical prison, a physical control that's extremely Orwellian beyond Orwell, actually, you know, meta Orwell, you know. And and I think, uh, you know, one of the things we should discuss is what's going on in other countries related to the metaverse, as opposed to just the United States, obviously. A lot of innovation happens here. A lot of com- companies that are pushing it happen here. But there's a tremendous amount of activity globally going on. And and there's a tremendous amount of technology being developed in China that is going to be at the center of all of this. And yet that's coming out of a totalitarian regime that's got a lot of scary elements. Now, I've gone and done business in China. I've traveled in China uh, I've enjoyed it greatly. I enjoy the Chinese people and their brilliance. And yet there's also a system there that does scare the living shit out of me.
1: Well, especially with the forced labor, which, which yeah. goes into a lot of, yeah a lot of products potentially. I mean, Amazon was, was recently just recently called out about using a uh, potentially, you know, by a, by a uh, group that uh, watches, watches these things. It was a, I think it was a humanitarian organization that called Amazon out for, for using forced labor. And, and yeah, I mean, this, these are, these are, these are real things that are happening. Well, I
0: think we need to really keep this part of the discussion because the truth is the, you know, this, this, the smartphones we're holding in our hands have a lot of things about them that are not really great. In yeah, terms Apple was of-
1: Apple called out on this as well. And of course yeah. they've, They've denied, you know, they've denied it in 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 you know some ways and what a surprise, said, yeah, yeah. But but there's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of evidence. Yeah, I know. And and there's,
0: there's 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 rare earth metals uh, and earth elements that come from mining uh, in African countries that are you know there's there are so many things that technology has that creates inequities uh, and actually misery and even atrocity, you know. Uh, things that are very, very bad all over the planet, you know? And so, yeah. And, and as we mentioned with the, the
1: unfolding war in Ukraine, that the, that the cyber warfare, we did a whole episode on that, the cyber warfare involved with that. Um, You know, so yeah, but, but, and at the same time, we just did a whole segment on the, how virtual
0: reality can and the metaverse can be a tool for healing Yes. As well. So there, there's a lot of dichotomies going on, a lot of paradoxes, and it's a complex thing. That's why the discussion is worth having a discussion every week about because this is not something that's set in stone. This is not something that we know exactly what it is and how it's. This is as big as any innovation ever. As I said in a previous podcast, I believe it's as big as the invention of a new language of human interaction. And when you look at it at that level, Every aspect of human reality gets touched by this. And so people that think, ah, the metaverse will never happen. I'm not going to strap a box on my head. What, you know, all the naysayers. This is coming at us, again, like a silent 3,000 foot tsunami. And it's going to affect the lives, at least if not of your life, of your children's life and your grandchildren's life. And so we have to keep the discussion going. We have to keep the discussion uh, wide ranging around all the elements of, you know, the NFT discussion and blockchain discussion and how it's not good for the environment because of the, you know, the server farms and, and, and the, the, the amount of energy that's used to, to create crypto, all of the uh, crypto mining, all of these things are very, very, very important things that need to be at the center of the discussion for anyone that's benefiting from this, that anyone that's jumping in, and I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm jumping into this stuff, and I'm very involved with it. I want uh, Longer Man Reborn to be funded in a completely new way that is connected to the metaverse. Uh, You know, the, the traditional Hollywood funding mechanisms are extremely inequitable, although I've been able to navigate it better than most people because I've actually gotten films made in both the indie system and the studio system. It still doesn't mean it's not doesn't operate by the tenets of organized crime because it does. I mean, it. you know, that's a whole other podcast, of course, but, uh, you know, these things about, you know, empowering a creator, creator community. And, you know, Shannon, you think of yourself as a member of the creator community. You're basing a lot of, you know, your career development in that. So these new models are really important, don't you think?
1: Yeah, and for those who don't know, my my dad has worked in the film industry for decades so that's why he <laughs> that's why he can speak to those things and you know the lawnmower man was a film that my dad made that was the, the first film to depict virtual reality it's actually actually uh, the apple car too if apple was to make a car and you know you, we were talking about how oh, i don't i don't have a driver's license and right. you know that's and for many years i've thought oh that's because i think autonomous vehicles you know are are right around the corner and well, it's taking longer than I expected, and luckily there's still Uber and all these other ways. You know, It's the sharing economy, so I don't really have to own a car anymore. I don't even have to have a license. I can just get an Uber and go places and, and not have to pay for parking and the repair costs and all these other things, but if Apple, and I think the Apple car was shuttered. I think the Apple car wasn't going to happen, but it, not even the Apple. Like Once autonomous vehicles hit, the space, all that time that you spend in transportation, that's going to be another place where- Exactly. I was going to mention
0: that. I was going to say, this is where the metaverse is going to connect into transportation. Because, yeah. you know, delivering virtual experience in an autonomous vehicle environment, is going to be much, much more, had much greater efficacy than almost anywhere else. And it's time you can utilize in other places. You can even do virtual travel. And so the, these things are converging. So we're going to leave you with that idea that the convergence of a lot of real world things like the innovation of transportation through autonomous vehicles is actually very connected to this idea of what the f is the metaverse and we will be dealing with that in future episodes we'd love you start sending us questions or any anything you'd like us to talk about that's something that we would like to uh, start to create in the community of what the f is the metaverse shannon i love you
1: I love you too, Dad. And this episode can be found on any podcast app that you have, but it always helps to rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Special thanks to Greg Leonard for the theme music for What the F is the Metaverse.